Business Resilience Decoded. I am your host, Vanessa Matthews, the Founder and Chief Resilience Officer of Espalis Advisors. Today, I am super excited and I cannot wait for you guys to meet our guest. We are going to be talking about gender diversity in IT and disaster recovery. We have with us today, Ray Holloman. He is a Senior Business Continuity Administrator with HCA Healthcare. Ray, how you doing? I'm good, Vanessa. How are you? Doing good. So look, I'm super excited. Um, we spent a couple minutes on the phone getting to know each other before this podcast. And I was really impressed by your story. And I really wanted to share what you taught me with everybody else. So thank you for your time and for being here today. Um, oh, this is what I love to do. So let's jump right in. So can you tell our listeners about you and your transition? I've been in IT since 2009 and specifically in business continuity disaster recovery since 2014. And so in 2016, I decided to transition from female to male while working at the current job that I still have today. And so that took a lot of investigation of trying to figure out how do you even do this? I wasn't aware or familiar with anybody else doing this in IT or in my company at all. A lot of that brought for my company at that time, a lot of questions to them because you know, my HR department wasn't really familiar with how does a person transition, like what are the policies in place? And because of, you know, I think a lot of people experiences their roles in business continuity or disaster recovery or in IT, you talk to a lot of people. So how do you tell, you know, a large organization, how do you go through changing your name and your pronouns? And so for everyone listening, my pronouns are he, him, his. And so how do you go through that and try to tell an entire organization, you know, last week you were known as one name and then, you know, you flip a switch in Outlook and now your name is completely different. When it was in regards to going to the bathroom, they were like, whatever makes you feel the most comfortable whenever you want to switch bathrooms, we're okay with it. Just let us know if anything happens. You know, my name changes and things like that. They were just like, whatever makes you the most comfortable, that's what we want to do because they didn't have any experience with it either. So it was a lot of just kind of trial and error. And so that's kind of how I really just started transitioning was like, I told my HR, they were like, we don't really have any precedents for this. So we're just going to try and see what happens. And if, you know, you're willing to work with us, we're willing to work with you. And then we'll just continue to move forward that way. So it sounds like they were supportive and it sounds like you were able to have some sort of a partnership internally. Cause I, I mean, just, I think that I lack a lot of awareness when it comes to gender diversity, because I am like, well, I'm black, you know, look at all of the challenges that we go through just by being black, but you add in the gender component. Woo. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. So, so that kind of brings me into my next question for you. Uh, let's be real. IT disaster recovery is white. <laughs> I mean, very white, old white guys, right? And I mean, the Department of Labor even shows that from an IT perspective, from an emergency management perspective, business continuity perspective, it is clear in our industry that there is a systematic problem with diversity. So what is it like to be transgender in IT disaster recovery? It is a very interesting space, especially, you know, I'm in Tennessee, so I'm in the South transitioning and I'm black. So I'm like, I just got all these barriers up against me. Um, so it's just, it's very interesting because there's no one else that I'm aware of right now in, 
in my IT department that identifies as transgender. I go to conferences or talk to other people. You know, it's not something that most of us kind of all talk about, but because I think, you know, a lot of people do hide it. But like you said, IT disaster recovery is very white. And so, you know, I'm already being segmented out because I was black and a female at that time. And so now I'm transitioning and transitioning very publicly. And so you have to get people you kind of have to make people feel really uncomfortable. And so that's kind of what it is. And so like I had to get really okay with knowing that other people are going to be uncomfortable with me, that people are not going to want to interact with me, that people will go around me to not interact with me. Um, and so I had to get really comfortable with that really quickly because otherwise I could go be you know, upset all the time and going to HR and being like, okay, this person's not interacting with me or that person's not interacting with me. But at the end of the day, that's a them issue. That's not something I can fix for them. Um, what I can do is still be the same person that I was, still give them the same level of support, even though like they have to come to me for an issue. I'm not going to treat them any differently. I'm going to give them the same response that I would give anyone else. So I think it's just being able to show that, hey, I'm still the same person that you know you came to for all of these questions before I transitioned. I'm still going to give you those same answers. The only thing that really changed was that like my physical appearance changed and you know my name changed, my pronouns changed, but like the knowledge and the information that I have that didn't like increase or decrease just by transitioning. And so I think it's a lot of getting people really familiar with that kind of information. And a lot of times, a lot of people that I've interacted with, I'm the first out trans person that they've ever met, mm. you know, or really had any kind of real like interactions with. And so sometimes we have to do like just some basic education on like what is okay to ask somebody, what's okay to not. Because when I first transitioned, I had a lot of people ask me questions about like my medical transition because people are curious and people want to know and people don't want to use Google. And so depending on the person, I'm like, hey, you need to go use Google. Or if they're like, there's somebody else in my community that, you know, is transitioning and I don't know how I should approach them or support them, then that's a different conversation because that's more about educating that person to be, you know, a competent listener and understanding the issues that that person may be going through so they can better support them. But if you're just curious about what's going on um, in my medical life, I'm like, you don't need to know that. You have no reason to know that. So it's really about putting those barriers. It's really a lot for me was making making people really uncomfortable and having to get used with people not wanting to interact with me in the same way they did prior to my transition. So one reaction to that is something that a friend told me a while ago, which was no matter what happens, you control you. So one of my fears used to be when I would go networking as a business owner, I get in the room and everybody's over the age of 50 and they're white guys and they look at me like, what are you doing here? So I used to be intimidated about networking in those environments. And I had an African-American male that was uh, dominant in that space and he ran circles in rooms like that. He ate it up. And I said, how do you go in there? And like, you don't lose your confidence. You're just there. And he said, I control the tempo. I control me. I don't have to change because of them. I remain me and they can adjust to who I am and to my presence. And so that's what I heard you say. You know, there's a lot going on that you had to deal with, I assume, personally and professionally. And no matter what, your focus was keep my tempo, stay true to who I am. Yeah, exactly. Like I can only control me and what I have. And so 
it has taken people, you know, I transitioned in 2016. So it's been four years at this, four or five years at this point. You really have seen people come around because they realize that like my knowledge was still there and my knowledge still, you may have not interacted with me two, three years, but you still came back and I'm still giving you the same type of support. And so they're like, okay, maybe there isn't, you know, this big a deal. And I also think that just the media representation, like 2016, 2017, 2018 were really big years for like transgender awareness really being in the media a lot. And so more people are understanding what that means. More people have researched it. And so just in this short period of time, you really have seen more people become more knowledgeable about trans people. And so I've had people kind of reach out to me just through over those years of just trying to be like, hey, I didn't realize what all you were going through and didn't quite understand it. And so people have kind of come back around. So that's been kind of cool to see as well. That's exciting. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. So we're talking about IT disaster recovery because that's the space that you and I are in. And I personally collaborate with folks like you in the business environment. So how do we strengthen the pipeline in IT disaster recovery with more diverse candidates and specifically the LGBTQIA+. I think it's more about seeing more people being out, being aware of like, because a lot of these industries are very white and, you know, they're very, you know, heteronormative and, you know, very cisgendered, but there are people that are variant in all kinds of different ways that are not present on the, you know, on the surface. I go out in public, most people are not going to know that I'm trans, honestly. You know, they're going to see me as a masculine person, and so they're going to think that I was assigned male at birth. They're not going to think any different, but I think it's having more out role models, more people seeing that there are people that are gender variant, their sexuality, you know, is not heterosexual. I think it's getting more people out there to just see and be aware that, hey, we're out here, we're existing, and we can do the same thing that everybody else is doing. Because really, there is a culture of the white guys hiring guys that look like them. So we have to get that kind of implicit bias out a little bit and being like, you know what, I'm gonna have to call you on that. Your team looks all exactly like you. How many candidates did you pass up maybe because of some implicit bias that you had that you don't even recognize and start looking at those more diverse candidates and not just writing people off because their name doesn't sound like something that you would do. Or, you know, you go look at them on social media and they went to a pride parade or something and you you just don't know how to handle that. So I think it's really about getting more people out there and then inside the community ourselves it's like not everybody is fit to go in here and disrupt and I get it some people just want to fly under the radar and not want to have their identity be seen as kind of like that token person or a diversity hire but I think it's like we've got to start hiring people that are competent in their roles and know what they're talking about regardless of whatever else they have going on because that's the way the world is really progressing is you know having more diverse spaces and so letting people know I was really scared when I I first started to transition at this company, I was like, I'm going to have to leave. They're not going to accept me because it was kind of difficult to find, you know, gender identity and sexual orientation. Like, is that even covered? And will I be protected by our non-discrimination policy? And so that was working with our HR department because my company is not one that's you know, and traditionally in the past have been really one of the big people that are out and loud about like all, you know, they're not on like the indexes and stuff, but they are a very supportive company. So I think it's just having to do more research and talking to more people, but really we just got to get more people that are out and start recruiting people into these spaces and being like, hey, there's a space for you and you could do a lot of good, not only in what you're really knowledgeable in. So like for me, IT disaster recovery, but start making other people more aware of different diversities that are out there besides just race. I love that. There's a manager listening right now. 
somebody's manager somewhere is listening to this podcast in this moment and they have an employee that is going through the transition that you went through a few years ago. What recommendations can you share with that leader on how they can support their employee? You need to be that person's blocker. Like if there is somebody that's going to give them issues, if somebody's not willing to use their, you know, their new name or their new pronouns, you know, and your employee comes to you, you need to make sure that you get that barrier down for them because, hey, that's not going to be helpful to that person that's newly transitioning because they're not going, they may not feel comfortable in their skin because, physical transitions take a while to happen. It's not something that just you start taking hormones and it's the next day. It's like, it takes a while for all of it to build up, but you need to be like their cheerleader, their supporter, knocking down any of those barriers in their way, because that's what's going to keep that person with you is knowing that they can come to you be like, hey, I'm having this interaction with this person. Because it may not always be the right way to go directly to HR because you have to build and maintain a working relationship with that person. But, you know, if somebody comes comes to you, you know, and they're saying that, hey, this person is just not doing it. I've corrected them numerous times. Other people have corrected them numerous times. That's when you really need to step in and get involved and be supportive of that employee as they're transitioning. There's a lot of doctor's appointments when you first start transitioning and depending on how they transition, there could be, they may need time off. There's a gender neutral bathroom. They may want to have access to that. But if it's normally not for employees, but for like visitors, maybe granting them some kind of just not even special access, but making them feel as comfortable as they can in the workplace because that will go a long way if they feel comfortable in the workplace. That means that their productivity is going to stay up. They're going to be happier to come to work every day. They're not going to dread it and think that they're just here to get the paycheck. That's what helped me really want to stay with the company because I just saw all the things they did for me. So if you can help them understand that, hey, we're here for you. We're going to support you in any way. We're going to take down any barriers. Management, that's one of the best things that they can do for their employees, just knowing that they're there for them and taking away any challenges that they may be facing. Which is really what a great manager should be doing anyway. Exactly. (laughs) This is what your job description should say. Exactly. So I love that. As you think about the obstacles, the challenges that you've had to face and overcome, there is a colleague who is just like you somewhere, but they're listening to this podcast. And as they go through their transition, what recommendations can you share with those individuals so that they can continue to be successful at work and show up and not give up? Yeah, I think that, you know, you don't have to be somebody that put their transition on the public for everyone at your company to see. But knowing that your company is going to support you. So going to look at like the non-discrimination policy, maybe having a conversation with HR. Nobody wants to go, you know, willingly talk to HR but they can be sometimes your best benefit because they will be able to tell you how to navigate the systems. It is a really big decision. It's not something that you should make lightly to transition at work. You can still be trans-identified and never transition at work if that makes you feel the most comfortable in your space. So don't think that it has to be all or nothing in one space or the other, but really just making sure that you're comfortable taking time for your mental health because it is a lot. It can be very draining. You do have a risk of losing relationships and people not understanding and people being negative towards you. But I always say that I am much better off transitioning than I was before because I was unhappy. If this is something that you really want to do, check with your HR, check with your manager, because there are people out here that they may not get it and they may not understand it, but they want to make sure that you can continue bringing 
bringing your best self to work, you've got to communicate with, you know, HR, your manager or whoever, even if it's just another coworker. I had a coworker, I didn't know who an HR to go talk to. So I was chatting with another coworker of mine and she helped me connect the dots to the people that I actually need to talk to because we all were kind of unsure of where I needed to start and who I needed to go to. And so, you know, sometimes if you know that there's an, you know, your Facebook friends with somebody and you see they're an ally, maybe you just have a conversation with them, maybe to get a judgment of how you feel like everybody would feel. But ultimately it's a personal decision that you have to make and you know your company is the best, you know your role's the best, you know the people that you work with the best. And so sometimes you're not able to transition in the workplace that you're currently in. And that may be okay, you may have to go somewhere else. But knowing that you're going to somewhere that's going to be more supportive may be better for your mental health overall in the long run. Ray, you've been absolutely amazing. And I'm so glad that you took the time out of your day to be here with us. Where can our listeners find you? Your listeners can connect with me on LinkedIn and on Twitter at the RayMKHolloman.com. Yeah, whatever it is on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in to Business Resilience Decoded with the Disaster Recovery Journal and Espalis Advisors. Subscribe, share, download, and look out for future episodes.